grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen. From the 16th verse of the third chapter of St. Matthew through the third verse of the fourth chapter. And when Jesus was baptized, he went up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And he fasted forty days and forty nights, and afterward he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. You perhaps remember that it was C.S. Lewis, that great Christian witness of the last century, who said that Satan's greatest success in modern times has been his success in persuading countless people that he's a harmless myth an outmoded superstition, despite the fact that the last century saw evil probably unparalleled in human history. C.S. Lewis was right. Satan's greatest success in modern times, indeed in our own day, is his success in continuing to persuade countless people that he's a harmless myth, an outmoded superstition, a joke. Not so St. Paul, who wrote of Satan, we are not ignorant of his devices. We are not ignorant of his devices, nor was our Lord Jesus. Three of the four evangelists, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all tell us that immediately after Jesus' baptism, he was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, there's a great deal that can be said about this deeply mysterious story of our Savior's battle with the Prince of Darkness. But for now, let's focus on just one aspect of that battle, and it is this. At Jesus' baptism, 
just before his fasting and temptation, Jesus hears the voice of God the Father proclaim, This is my beloved Son. But what does Satan then do? He tries to sow seeds of doubt in our Lord's mind and heart. God the Father said, this is my beloved Son. Satan whispers, if you are the Son of God, if you are the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread, if you are the Son of God. Throw yourself down from the pinnacle of the temple as if to say to Jesus, your father's word is not enough. And this, in fact, is what Satan has been trying to do ever since the very beginning of the human story, as we heard in the Old Testament lesson for this Lord's Day. There we find our first parents living in paradise, in happy and unbroken communion with their maker, who had given them but one command, that they should not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but the bliss of paradise is broken when the tempter whispers, did God really say that? Isn't he trying to withhold something from you, to put one over on you? Never mind what God might have said. Do as I say, and you'll be like God. And what the tempter did in the sad beginning of the human story, he has continued to do without ceasing. No wonder Satan has been called the old evil foe, always up to the same old tricks he's been up to from the very beginning. Now, at your baptism, you didn't literally hear God the Father say, this is my beloved child. But through the waters of that heavenly washing, you were truly made a child of God, a member of Christ, an inheritor of the kingdom of heaven. But just as Satan tried to sow seeds of doubt in the mind and heart of our Lord, so he tries the same thing on us. He tries to make us doubt what and who we truly are by God's tender mercy. Sinners, yes, but sinners forgiven and cleansed through Jesus' precious blood as our baptism assures us, as the word of absolution assures us, and as Christ's truly present body and blood in the sacrament assures us. 
Satan wants to induce in us a kind of amnesia. He wants us to forget all that and thereby sow seeds of doubt in your mind and heart. You, you as you know yourself to be a child of God, Satan whispers, how can that be? Just look at your troubles and difficulties. Just look at your sins. And Satan is past master at bringing back to life the memory of sins long ago repented of, forgiven, but we still come back to trouble our conscience. Our Lord held fast to the word of his Father spoken at his baptism, this is my beloved Son, just so we cling to God's word of tender mercy put upon us with water in our baptism whose power is the blood of Jesus. I love the words of that splendid 17th century preacher, John Donne. In one of his sermons, this is what he had to say. Against this accusation of the devil, there is no other medicine but the blood of Christ. And therefore, whensoever this apprehension of God's future judgment bites on you, be sure to present to it the blood of your Savior. Never consider God's judgment for sin alone, but always in company with the blood of Christ. It is but the hissing of the serpent, the whispering of Satan, when he surprises you in a melancholy night of dejection of spirit and lays your sins before you. Look not on your sins so inseparably that you cannot see Christ too. Come not to confession to God without consideration of the promises of the gospel. In the words of John Newton, how sweet the name of Jesus sounds in a believer's ear. It soothes his sorrows, heals his wounds, and drives away his fear. By him my prayers acceptance gain, although by sin defiled, Satan accuses me in vain. Satan accuses me in vain. And I am owned God's child. And the peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Thank mm -hmm. you.